Hello, All Beer Inside listeners. We here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 128 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on May 6th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we're returning to Point St. Charles, Quebec, and joining me today is Stéphane and Gabrielle from Saint-Ever. Or specifically, Co-op Brassicole Saint-Ever. Uh, yeah, Bar Brasserie Co-op. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to speak with us about your uh, brewery and everything beer-related uh, and your pretty much your journey in beer. Uh, you brought me out some delicious-looking beers here to try. What am I starting with? I'd go with the Pearl Velvet to start. This one? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, v- a version uh, that we age in barrel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very so dry. it's a first try of this mm-hmm. type of beer. The Pearl Velvet was basically um, a mixed fermentation. We, we mixed half, uh, we, we did a mash and then added a half quantity of uh, apple juice yeah. and then fermented Fresh them apple together. Juice from, uh, an orchard. Uh, orchard uh, close yeah. from here. Awesome. Yeah. As we do on the show. Cheers. Yeah. A toast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not exactly a half cider, half beer. Mm-hmm. They're fermented together. Um, and then, yeah, we aged a part of the brew in mm-hmm. a barrel. It's a crab With some yeah. bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is very unique. I haven't had any. I don't know. You know, 120 episodes in, I don't think I've ever had something like this on the show. So yeah. The first version, can version, was more of a like beer and cider mix. Mm-hmm. But now with the age of version, it's almost like a cider yeah. uh, for me anyways. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so the brette has really sort of acidified it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great too, because we're just coming off a cider interview on top of that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's almost, you know, it's a perfect pairing in a sense. So that's great. Uh, so Gabrielle, you're one of the founders. Mm-hmm. Stefan, you take care of events and social media. Yep. Uh, but so for Gabrielle, uh, the history of Saint Avern. What? Why did you create this brand? Well, okay. So Saint Avern has um, it, it. We opened on, almost four years ago, but we have a long history. Uh, we decided to. We're a collective that decided to open a brewery in Point Saint Charles, mm-hmm. our neighborhood, which is a small working class neighborhood in the southwest of Montreal. Uh, with uh, anyway, with a big history, uh, um, an interesting community history, a very political neighborhood uh, that has had strong community mobilization in its past, and the most of the founders lived in the neighborhood, uh, lived collectively in the neighborhood, and we saw um, we were attracted to this neighborhood because of its political history and its community history. And we realized that there were no more bars in this, uh, in this, in, in this neighborhood. <laughs> so the name of the brewery comes from there. The neighborhood used to be called, uh, people used to call it Le Quartier au Saint Avern, mm-hmm. so the neighborhood with a hundred taverns, uh, because there were taverns at every street corner. Uh, and then with deindustrialization and uh, and the rest, the, the neighborhood changed a lot, and most of the of the taverns closed up. When we arrived, there were only three left in the neighborhood, uh, and we figured that to have a space to assemble, talk informally, and meet and create community was absolutely crucial to keeping that history alive in the neighborhood. So we wanted to open a bar, basically uh, a neighborhood bar, 
and to brew our own beer, which we used to do in our house. Um, so that's it, basically. Uh, and we, the history continued when we allied with other groups in the neighborhood to fight for the recuperation, actually the transfer of uh, a property that was owned by a big, 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 big promoter. Uh, that was basically given to a big promoter uh, for free by the city uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, we fought against the project that this promoter had and reclaimed one of the buildings of the CN lands to be given over to the community. So we have this huge, beautiful, old brick building uh, that used to be a central space where people worked, workers in the neighborhood worked, and reclaimed it for the community. We won our struggle after 10 years of struggle <laughs> against this uh, promoter. And uh, the building was given over to the community, uh, along with $1 million to start repairing it. And this is where we decided to set foot. Um, so we were part of the organizing to reclaim this building. And that made that really anchored the project. So the day we opened the bar, we already had a community. Uh, and, uh, and the story had already begun, basically. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, my brother-in-law, he used to work for CN Rails, and he, like, he's like, yeah, this building used to be like a shower house or something, or yeah. like where the guys would just come and uh -huh. and be here and yeah. just to to find out the history of. It is unfortunate that you know, oh, here here's land, just do what you want. It's mm -hmm. Like, but the neighborhood pub, where where did that go? And that's a big thing in Canada, which I I speak with my friends about all the time. Is we've lost the neighborhood pub. Yeah. yeah. So and, and that's. Mm -hmm really unfortunate it's it's that it, it was a place for work the working class to go and enjoy a drink after and, and calm down after a crazy hectic week so. exactly exactly and the neighborhood has changed a lot too in the past years it's really gentrified fast and we opened the bar in this context um, and for us to have a space not only the bar but the rest of the building that has many other projects uh, they were all based all these projects were based on the idea of autonomy community autonomy we answer our needs and our desires ourselves with our own means. We, that is why we, it was very important for us to have a space and a building for the community. And, um, and yeah, so that's the, basically the story and why we, we opened this place. Uh, we feel, I think people who come here also feel that they, this place, they belong here and that this place belongs to them as well. Uh, because it was fought for uh, yeah. by all of us. Yeah. I mean, even when we came in for the interview, it's like a bunch of kids, you know, and there's a playroom in the back and stuff, which is fantastic <laughs> to have. Is that yeah. it, it is that community, and there's a daycare like two doors over, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just, yeah. you know, mom and dad drop off the kids and then come for a couple of drinks. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're our first co-op. Uh, for those that don't know what a co-op is, can can you explain that? Yeah. So we're a workers' co-op. Um, co-ops all have their own way. Uh, I think all co-ops can be very different, but the basic idea of a workers' co-op is that there's no boss. It's worker-owned. Mm -hmm. uh, people who work here organize together to, keep, to, to build the space, develop it, and keep it alive. And so for us, our specific form is that um, workers here do not have to become members. They can if they, they desire to. And uh, so the, the, the member workers share the responsibility of uh, getting this place running. Uh, we make decisions together. Uh, this place is non-profit. So um, the, whatever money surplus we could make, we reinvest. And we have a commitment to creating good jobs, uh, long-lasting jobs, um, great, good working conditions. Um, so that's life, quality of life. 
the quality of life absolutely yeah, is not to get richer but to have better quality of life for everybody who works here yeah. that exactly. would be the, the main goal mm -hmm. so to have uh, our work be meaningful feeling that we are making a difference in our community, that we can stay here on the long term, that we won't tire ourselves out, which is not easy uh, when you start a business, but, um, and that we have a good, uh, basically our, our way of life can be um, meaningful and can be intermeshed with our work. Um, so that's the goal. And uh, also that, as I said, we are a nonprofit, but um, we really try to, to create good working conditions also in terms of salary, uh, vacations, etc., for people who work here. And it's a big move to make in our industry, uh, in the service industry, in the beer industry. Um, it's The jobs are typically very precarious, uh, low paid. I've known uh, waiters who have had the same pay for 20 years and no extra week of vacation after, yeah, 20 years. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's, and we feel that being uh, a waiter is not some transition job when you're in a community that There's needs a bar. Many waiters work together. It's not like one waiter uh, <laughs> doing a big rush, a big service, and uh, uh, it's not the way we want to do it. It's uh, a, a nice team behind the bar, and everybody's uh, a little bit more laid back than the stressful waiter, you know? Mm -hmm, that's that we it. don't want that. Uh, we, we've done that in our lives, and we don't want that. <laughs> and we want our like, bartenders, brewers, everybody who works here, we want everybody to be here in 20 years if yeah. they wish to, in 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah it's a community space, which is why we're not just like doing uh, seasonal work and, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure it's uh, yeah it's a long-term thing and to hope to have an impact also within the industry to show that there's other ways um, mm -hmm. to work and to, to have a less precarious uh, relationship to uh, yeah this kind of work so mm -hmm. now I know the big thing in, in Ontario I specifically because I know one of the big Ontario beer writers Jordan St. John is mm -hmm. uh, breweries are starting to announce that we're paying a living wage that come and you could beer a, be a beer tender and not have to worry about oh I need this extra like 50 cents to make my rent yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so and that's that's a super important thing is to have that focus of like we want you to be here and but we also need you to live at the same time we don't need yeah, you yeah. to work here and at home at, at on the weekends and, and just continue like mm -hmm. you don't want from the sound of you, you don't want your employees to have this their we, their weekend job Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Unless they choose to do two jobs, yeah. then yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah, sometimes they do. And there's also for us one of the important things is to say that work is not everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to work. We like to, what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to do other things too in life. And there's this flexibility that we try to create to have other projects outside of here. So to to make sure that these are ways that um, we think we can stick around here for a long time if uh, what we do here is not in contradiction with the rest of our lives. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing to add maybe is um, uh, we share tips. It's just an example. Like the, the, yeah. the relationship to tips in the service industry is so high. Like it can really create hierarchies and, and we've decided to just share a tip amongst everyone, not just people who do um, who work at the bar, but also with people who brew, with people who do administration. Uh, so we basically share tip equally, and it's not a, it's not linked to the num to, to which ships you made, and, you know, and which tables you wait. So that's that's one Works way that we. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. So people yeah. who come to the bar, um, when they come here, leave, it, leave a tip. It goes to everyone, and mm. that's how we make sure we work as a team. <laughs> yeah, that's the most important part. You know, you don't want. Uh, Let's say, because we, I saw, I'll just say, the blonde waitress with the glasses, you know, she gets a table of a group of guys like us, who look like us, who'd love to drink good crap beer, 
and then just like a family table that's just one person's gonna have a beer. You don't yeah. want to give that to another employee. That's kind of yeah. fair yeah. way to think yeah, about it. it. So. One who gets the 10 kids yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will get the same wage. Because <laughs> it's just as important. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and you said it's, it's, it's a community pub despite being craft, and, and craft isn't a huge community factor at this time. Mm -hmm. There are people who are changing, which is good, is mm -hmm. to have those people, you know, I got my elderly father and middle-aged brother-in-law to craft beer like five years ago. It's, it's yeah. good to, to draw those, you know, beer can have flavor. Of course. You don't have to yeah. just drink 50 or no, no. X. It's, mm -hmm. Beer can be super tasty, as mm -hmm. proven by the first one I already had. It's, you know, it's a beer cider. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And mm -hmm. your Pilsner, too, that I had earlier uh, when I first got here, it's just it's crisp, it's malty, it goes down super smooth. Mm -hmm. So and that's something I always look forward to in, in craft beer is the uniqueness of, of every brewer. And obviously, you're multiple brewers, so it's just who did what this week is, mm -hmm. is something mm -hmm. that... Oh. If I were able to come here more, I would be like, oh, who's, you know, whoever else, oh, Gabrielle made this this week, but mm -hmm. then uh, Stefan had input on with another brewer at this one, so that's mm -hmm. something I love to hear is that it's not just one or two brewers doing everything. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it's mm -hmm. funny you talk about the Pilsner because uh, what we like is that uh, we have the paint of Pilsner at 650 mm -hmm. all the time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. every prices, every brewery is going up because of everything's going on in the yeah. world, but at least, you know, you have a good, the fresh Pilsner, uh, not too expensive to come at the pub. You know. That's it. Yeah, the accessibility uh, of our beer is really important to us as well. That's one thing we've always kept as a strong. Uh, you can even look in our status as a co-op. The stat, like the very formal status, has um, identifies decisions that must be taken by members in all co-ops. Uh, we added one for us, which is the price of beer. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, yeah. has to be a consensus decision by members. So mm -hmm. uh, it's really important to us to, to keep the price really accessible. And yeah, it's a good example you give mm -hmm. of the pills, um, yeah. which is not, it's not more expensive than any uh, tavern, mm -hmm. corner tavern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, 650 is a great price of craft brewery <laughs> place yeah, to, yeah, yeah. for, yeah. for a Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, usually it's eight, nine bucks. And, yep. and then there's crazy yeah. IPAs that are like $10, $12. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's great mm -hmm. uh, that it's affordable too. It's yeah, like yeah. you said, it's the land of a, a hundred taverns that used to exist and don't really exist anymore. I mean, I know of the Regal and that's about it that I know of here. Mm -hmm. They're starting to become more restaurants and like you said, there's gentrification. I'm from Verdun, so gentrification, that happened, you know. And, and it's the same thing is, well, we didn't have a craft beer bar and then Benelux came in. Mm -hmm. and yes. I'm super happy yeah. Benelux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can walk there, you know, never drink a drive, so <laughs> it's a... Crazy building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so it's the return of, the, of these neighborhood pubs yeah. uh, that is something that I find we really need desperately across Canada mm -hmm. that we yeah. don't have anymore. I was in Cleveland five years ago and at the end of the street of our Airbnb, there was, it looked like a house, but it was a pub. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We yeah. Just, cool. They're all gone here. So mm -hmm. it's, it's unfortunate, but hopefully in time things will... <laughs> You know, everything's kind of cyclical, so mm -hmm. hopefully yeah. time will come back. Yeah. It's really yeah. Uh, kind of the schooling that uh, I went through because uh, I worked as a bartender mm -hmm. and I worked the events at the first brew pub in Montreal called Richeval Blanc. Mm -hmm. That's where I met Gabby. We were working on Saturdays together and all the events were there, so yeah. we were having a blast meeting all kinds of people. 
and uh, meeting different brewers and uh, that's what I like to bring here. Uh, we started uh, recently, put rails for expositions, mm -hmm. uh, exhibits, sorry, and uh, we uh, lately put up a better sound system mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to start making uh, local acts and bring acts from, uh, mm -hmm. from different parts of Montreal and kind of blend the Pointe Saint-Charles uh, uh, people with uh, uh, people, all artists from all over Montreal and make it more uh, alive mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, get it a step higher because mm -hmm. uh, everything for me, music is often, art is often overrated. just want to bring it back to the people and everybody can make art, everybody can participate and, and, and this is how you build an uh, interesting community mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, and the excuse yeah. is beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, awesome. that's the important part is you're not just supporting local community, but you're supporting local artists. You're, you know, there's art on, when I came in, there's art on the walls. I saw the piano as well. So it's clear mm -hmm. that, that you're going to have local acts come in. And, and that's kind mm -hmm. of our, our show's, you know, terminology is support local. Is, mm -hmm. That's, you know, our ethos is support local, support local. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. yes, sir. And I know I discovered you because I was at Cathal Vision down the street and I mm -hmm. wrote breweries near me. You guys popped up. Yeah, there was. <laughs> and, uh, just, you know, oh, a hidden secret. Yeah, in the, little twenty-five-minute yeah. walk, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm able to drink more beer, so <laughs> it's great. There you go. But yeah, I think it's an important point to fundraise that we we are like very anchored locally. But creating community also leads us to encountering people from outside the neighborhood and creating links uh, between these spaces. Mm -hmm. We know a lot of our regulars don't even live in the neighborhood. Yeah. Some live on the South Shore, some are mm -hmm. like across in Villeray, but they come here because they, they have found friends' community, yeah. uh, even if it's far, right? So, so much like uh, a lot of people come. Uh, yeah, so it's really a question of a vibe as well. And, um, and the effect of, of the space has been quite magic where, mm -hmm. where it, it went sort of beyond what we thought but um, people in the bar now that didn't know each other now know each other so mm -hmm. something has happened yeah. in the bar um, a real intermeshing of, uh, of people and artists as well mm -hmm. in the events we, we put forth so we're quite proud of that and um, and these people make the space the place live so mm -hmm. yeah. that's that's amazing I love hearing that uh, so clearly just the creation of this place was a roadblock in itself from mm -hmm. the building previously being owned by somebody else and then mm -hmm. kind of claiming it back in a sense to, to bring it back. Um, when you brought this to the city of Point St. Charles, were they open to the idea of finally bringing a brew pub back here or a co-op, let alone uh, a brasserie? So it, it was not too difficult to obtain the permit. There are always, I mean, it's, it's a long process mm -hmm. uh, to obtain a, a brewing permit, of course, but I, in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the local, um, uh, administration mm -hmm. was open okay. and uh, we did get our permit quite fast. I think okay. we, it was important for us to have the artisan permit uh, because it, it, it gave us possibilities and it was also really the, the spirit of the space uh, to be more of a local artisan brewery. So we brew here, we serve here, and it's a brew pub basically. Um, and we're happy that uh, also there were innovations in, in the law surrounding the permit mm -hmm. that allows us now to do more than we used to do. Uh, yeah. but it was important for us to have that as an identity and a form uh, when we started off. Yeah. So I, I know you're doing takeout and uh, clearly growlers at first because to me the cans are, are very new. <laughs> so mm -hmm. what made you decide to finally like, let's, uh, let's you know, Bodega said we have Santa mm -hmm. Vern on the shelf because they're, they're local. Mm -hmm. What made you finally go pull the trigger on, let's, let's put them in bottles and cans? Well, pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> pandemic. The, the law change in the in the for that we allowed us to uh, sell beers in the convenience stores. Mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. uh, local depanar uh, we call them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a uh, whole new world now and uh, creating more jobs and <laughs> that's a, that maybe uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so in a way because there's a lo whole lot of job comes with that and the same process starts again. Okay, let's uh, get uh, local artists. Let's mix them up with uh, other artists that works with other breweries mm -hmm. and. Uh, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Mille Pitois, uh, Simon Bosset from Danam, uh, he did a nice can for us and he didn't even charge us. <laughs> we do little things, oh, you, you can just buy an ad in, uh, in my uh, Etiquette Revue, I don't know if you know about that. Uh, it's the journal of uh, all uh, okay. paid by, by all the breweries and it's delivered by Bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, okay, we're still doing uh, uh, contacts and uh, yeah. having fun. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when uh, an artist likes what they do and they start uh, sharing what mm -hmm. we did, and now we have more partners and it's expanding again uh, towards the arts with the beer beyond beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it really saved us during the pandemic yeah. to start doing that uh, for many reasons. Of course, financially, we had a, it to be able to, we started by bottling, we didn't have the, mm -hmm. the canning machine, uh, but that, that kept us going, that kept us brewing, that kept us selling a bit of beer. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we stayed out of the water financially uh, thanks to that. It also allowed us to really keep a link with the community around. People came to visit. They would really hang out for a long yeah. time as they bought the, the bottle. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to leave. And yeah. to have a little talk. You know, people were happy to come, just grab a pizza and a beer and, and see us. So we, we kept a link during these two years with uh, people around us. And also, yeah, this whole to, to work on visuals, meet artists, um, that really took off when we got the canning machine. Mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic, we, uh, we got a, quite a, um, an important grant from um, a local uh, social economy. Uh, um, PME Montréal. Yeah, PME Montréal. <laughs> right? uh, so that basically supports um, uh, social economy uh, businesses and mm -hmm. and we got a grant that allowed us to develop that uh, to buy the canning machine and when we we ordered the canning machine and got our grant yeah. uh, confirmed and then the law changed and we learned yeah. we could actually wow. also sell it in convenience stores that was just like we took off from there and uh, we it allowed us to stay creative develop our image and um, and that was uh, welcome at a time mm -hmm. when we we're all sort of like hanging around we had our head in production and that was it uh, so yeah, and made us, mm -hmm. it allowed us to exist outside outside the neighborhood too. Yeah. I, I mean, as a craft beer drinker myself, like I was super nervous that all you guys were gonna end up shutting down. Yeah, exactly. Almost none have. Mm -hmm. That is, I know there's Kukunin in Blayville, they shut down. Mm -hmm. That's the only one in Quebec that I'm aware of yeah. that mm -hmm. shut down. Yeah. More breweries have, we've, we're at about 50-50 where we've interviewed breweries that have opened during the pandemic <laughs> versus breweries that existed before the pandemic. Yeah. So the fact that more, more and more are popping up and, and it's, I like to say friendly competition. So, yeah. and that's something I'll bring up after is like, yeah, drink here and then go visit a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. That, that's the most important part. Yeah. It's good to bring it up because we have an, uh, a very good friend who lives in the neighborhood and who worked here for some time, who mm -hmm. just opened a brewery too in Ashlaga in another mm -hmm. neighborhood called Mutoid. Yep. Uh, and so that was a good, uh, it was fun to work with him. We've collaborated on, mm -hmm. on a lager recently and, um, and he came to work here um, at first uh, explicitly to learn and to open his own. So that was a great collaboration to be able to share tips. Wow. And now we do a lot together, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's he's been able to profit from mm -hmm. from what we, we learned. Mm -hmm. well, we did a camp called uh, La Mutine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, I mean, some pretty unique names too, you know, Whitestone, Black Keys, Saint Patron, uh, Gemini, Tetras. This is also a collaborative effort as a team of, hey, let's name it this, you know, here's our idea. Now, obviously, Goza Town's pretty obvious it's a Goza. <laughs> it's just, uh, with some, it's, you know, I, I didn't know Gemini, and then I see Rice Lager, I'm like, ooh, Rice Lager. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> cool. Uh, that that comes uh, uh, all the names and the visuals. It's I, I don't know. If there's a bit of magic. We we yeah. come up with stuff <laughs> every time. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a jam that we do uh, yeah, this one, for every I like beer. It a lot. Yeah. Cookie Wonderland. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah the art's wild. <laughs> see, see the guy yeah. in the yeah. condo. Ah, yeah. oh, no, not the cookies again. <laughs> it's um, it's almost because uh, oh, it's not here, but I know at Fufun Electric they also have their their yearly uh, graffiti festival. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. it's almost like tempting to to bring in those artists to, to work here together. Mm -hmm. and there's obviously some big project while we're interviewing today that's going up outside. When I first came here, there was a parking lot in the front, now there's a park. Uh -huh. it's, uh -huh. So it's continually, you're, you're continually evolving as part of this uh -huh. Bitma 7. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Um, which, uh, So we're gonna get to the beer and then we're gonna get to the history of the Bitma uh -huh. 7. Okay. okay. Uh, so what's yeah. beer number two? Oh, okay. It's um, the Berlin Frucht. Berlin Frucht, yeah, it's a Berliner with Seabuckthorn. Uh, Okay. So okay. interesting. Yeah, it's not too sour, but uh, the sea buckthorn kicks in really well. So one of the brewers here, who is also one of the founders, I lived with him uh, back in the day when he started brewing at home, mm -hmm. and back then, and it was, I guess, a good 10, 12 years ago. Uh, there weren't many sours around. It was not something that was known at all. Mm. And I remember him brewing a little sour mm. at home in her in her in her kit, uh, throwing in a couple bio cup, bio cup, you know, like mm. the those little yogurts, yeah. right? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, into the mash, and people were like, "What are Crazy. you doing? What is this?" <laughs> and then. We were very surprised at drinking this beer, and so it was really like a, a, an attempt uh, mm -hmm. that he made back then to, to, to do Berliner Weiss, mm -hmm. that he's really perfected, and we always have a Berliner Weiss on the menu now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the champagne of the poor, they call it. Yeah. So I guess it fits <laughs> with us. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredibly balanced. There's no like, it's not like a souring punch to the face where, you know, my lips want to <laughs> literally go inside. Um, that's what I'm always worried about, a sour or Berliner or, or any, oh, yeah. anything like that is how sour is it gonna be? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, I've had some sours that they literally used Warhead sour candies to, to make the beer, and I'm like, whoa, oh, no, 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 no. it's, it's an experience, sad. right? Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. not like I'm gonna be drinking this every day because it's not for my palate. Uh -huh, uh -huh. My uh -huh. personal palate is, is lagers first and then IPAs next, uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's, uh -huh. it's, that's for me, but yeah. I'm more than willing to try any type of beer as long as it's not. Uh -huh. uh, I think in the history of the 5,000 plus different beers I've had, I've drank more than one beer. <laughs> So well, it's, yeah. it's, it's rare for me to, to really give up on a beer. I see. Yeah, so. <laughs> Good. Well, last summer we did the, that uh, Berliner version, mm -hmm. but with um, basil. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the piece too sour. It was scary, but was uh, yeah. at the end it was very nice result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very really, really refreshing nice. summertime beer. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, nice with the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always quite light because we, we, of course, we sour it before mm -hmm. fermentation. But we, I don't think we've ever. Um, like double the sourness yeah. post fermentation. Yeah. It's always so we we cut the souring uh, pretty early. So they're they're always quite light, like yeah. between three four percent, four point five sometimes are our vice uh, to stay with the style. And uh, so it's very uh, we say pintable in French, yeah. but very crushable. pintable, right? Yeah, so, yeah. 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 You, yeah. in English it's it's crushable. Uh, crushable. There's an, another 
I can't remember the other one, but yeah, okay. I like to use Crushable mm -hmm. uh, personally, especially yeah. like a logger. I'm just like, oh, the maltiness is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just, Does it refer you know. to like crushing yeah. the can? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm I'm a bit of a snob. Most of my beers have to be in a glass. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my personal choice, though. It's. Uh, I purchased the thing where I can literally just rip off the top of the can and just drink out, and it, it doesn't cut my lips. So, oh, I, I see. Smart. <laughs> Crushable. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the history of Bitma Seven. Uh, what, what? What's the history? Okay, so that's Ooh. also a long history. Mm -hmm. You've got the gist of it is that uh, basically this uh, building, just as the rest of the sea, the lands of the CN Rail, were given over to a promoter uh, called uh, Vincent Chiara, uh, Groupe Mac, which is one of the biggest. Uh, uh, promoters in, in Montreal. Mm -hmm. um, at a time uh, in the early 2000s when the neighborhood had very, 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 very big needs um, and the community was quite mobilized and this, this uh, promoter suggested that um, a casino should, the casino should move here and that there should be a hotel and it should be like an international uh, meeting space. Anyway, so this, yeah. that was such a, a ridiculous project and of course linked with big money the community mobilized against uh, the casino specifically was like the spearhead of the, the struggle that was one um, the promoter had to back out uh, Loto Quebec backed out so the casino project was cancelled the promoter was pissed off and then they didn't stop there the community in this process organized to think what they uh, what we would want in, in on the CN land instead so that's where the collective uh, that uh, organized to reclaim this building, which is a small part of the yeah. whole CN Rail land, mm. uh, which is the junction with the neighborhood, the, the, the yeah, with the, the more inhabited uh, neighborhood, between the industrial and the inhabited neighborhood. Uh, we, we formed a collective to reclaim this building. The building is very, very long. It's, uh, I don't know how I could give you like an image of the size. I think there's something like 100,000 square feet wow. inside the building. Um, and we have a bit of land around. Uh, as we reclaimed the building, we didn't stop there. We also tried to obtain a piece of land to, so that we could develop a farm project. Um, and we also fought against a condo development project next door to the building. And we also won where now there will be a public park. Yeah. And Batsimal um, said, uh, so we won this struggle. After eight years of mobilization, we ended up getting the keep of this building. Of course, the, for, it was a first that a prom, uh, such a huge promoter had to give up on a project, not only give up on a project, but hand over a building for free to the community with a million dollars on top. Wow. Uh, so uh, we got that through like a long, very determined struggle um, and a very strong a community that knew where it was going. And in said the idea is to, to build collective autonomy, so to build projects um, in which we give ourselves the means to organize, thrive um, as a community. So we have uh, collaborative workshops where people can come and repair their car, their bike. Um, there's a metal shop, there's a photo shop, there's whatever you, you, you want. In wood terms shop. Of a wood shop. Yeah. Silk screen shop. Silk screen printing shop. Um, there are other projects like um, a grocery, a community grocery store that's also Another form of a cooperative where people who the customers basically are also members are involved in, and get the grocery shop running. Um, uh, there's a press start, which is a collective of youth who self organize to create a youth space in the building. They've built an arcade, um, they organize great events to, uh, 
to welcome, well, for, for youth to gather and do stuff, good stuff together. Um, so yeah, I'm forgetting a few, but uh, I'm definitely forgetting a few, but all these projects are there and thriving, and there's much more to come. We only opened 20,000 of the square feet. There's 80,000 more coming. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that the first time I ever came here, I don't know if it was just a group that, of LGBT community that organized it, or it was actually LGBTQ night. But, you know, I walk in and, and I'm the only one who looks like this, and then I see a bunch of uh, members of the LGBT community and they're all dancing and having fun, and I'm yeah. just like, uh, you know, I, I look like a typical beer bro, but I'm like, no, I want more people of color in beer. More women like yourself have to be involved in the brewing industry. So it's nice that you have these kind of events yeah. to Absolutely. welcome the communities that are necessary. And even in the restroom, I noticed there's a lot of like, you know, the fight the power type stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is really important is that you, I know the big boys, the BMCs are, they're like, no, we don't want craft, but people want flavor in their beer. And yeah. It's very slow and you're getting maybe one half of a percent more of a classic beer drinker mm -hmm. to come over time, but it, it is, it's really slow, but mm -hmm. I feel it is coming. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think for us politically also, our, you know, our, as you as you saw the mood here and mm -hmm. how like we tr it, this place tries to be a safe space for a great diversity of people. And um, we decided not to be like a, a space with a flag, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. that would say, oh no, this is only like people of the left only yeah. can come here, yeah. or this no. is like a social center for people of this type. That wasn't the goal at all, it's an open space. But uh, we try and our practice um, in the, the links we have um, to make it exist as a, a very different space where people can learn and grow. Um, we make you, we, we don't tell it, but we make you feel that it's yeah. a feminist place. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Without yeah. telling or putting it anywhere, you just feel it. Now, there's there's honestly no need to be preachy about it, because then you will get the people of the complete yeah. opposite angle of like, no, I'm not going to support this place. You know? No, no, no. There's it's not necessary. two breweries in Ontario that, because of like pandemic measures that they're against, I'm like, sorry, I work in science, I, I don't agree with you guys, and I won't spend my money there. Yeah. Whereas here it's very clear in Quebec, especially like everybody... It sucks having to wear a mask, but just do it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. get it over through. with. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah. It, it'll come along. Just give it time. Yeah. You know, if exactly. uh, if history's proven anything is with the way it's mutating. Hopefully, we're at the tail end of this pandemic where it becomes more like the flu. Mm -hmm. But who knows what next mutation's going to come along? And let's just <laughs> yeah. do That's what it. we need to do to kind of get together and, and cooperate together and mm -hmm. keep businesses, especially local businesses, going. Mm -hmm. like we need local businesses to support the economy mm -hmm. yeah. and then I'm fortunate enough to be able to spend my money at local businesses. Not everybody can, but mm -hmm. you're more than make it affordable to come here and grab beets and a pint for under $25. Uh -huh. It's Absolutely. That's pretty the idea. rare. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people have really been uh, uh, supportive during the pandemic. People kept coming, like always yeah. at first it was to grab all these bottles and drinking our, our beer instead of going to the mm -hmm. debt. Uh, Making that 20-minute walk, you know, to get grab our beer instead of another type, and uh, that was really important. That changed everything for us. Yeah. And I mean, craft beer is the color of the rainbow, and, and we do need more diversity in craft beer. You know, exactly. Yeah. I've been preaching that since the beginning. Not everybody should look like me who's drinking craft beer, because <laughs> most people who look like me are the ones who drink craft beer. So. And you know, I uh, realized also with the the law that changed that allows us now to distribute our beer mm -hmm. outside the pub, um, it's quite. Quite like because we're an artisan brewery, we, we brew very small scale. We do 800 liter batches, and um, we always always brew new stuff. You know, we don't have our five or six or eight recipes that we all, we have a few recipes that we keep always on the menu, 
but we're always brewing new new stuff. We brew yeah. like five times a month, so mm -hmm. always a new you know a new etiquette, a new visual, a new taste. And and so when you bring that type of beer out in, in a convenience store, mm -hmm. people are always surprised. They'll come back every week, every two weeks, and they'll find a new beer. What's yeah. going on? Uh, yeah. So that's why we really wanted to have like a visual that's different every time. And uh, it's a good opportunity we have as artisan breweries. We're not big competitors for the other brewers. We, we brew such small batches. <laughs> uh, but the fact that we can distribute brings a real diversity in the convenience stores. So we're happy mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And I think we're going to keep... It's a temptation sometimes mm. to just, okay, we'll bring it down to eight beers. I'll make it more simple, mm -hmm. less work. But it wouldn't be interesting for us. We have mm -hmm. this great... Um, uh, we're, we're, we can experiment in yeah. beer. We can serve them in the pub. But now we can also get people to taste them uh, all, all, all over Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, that's the important part too. And, and you know, guys like Book A, as you mentioned, it's it's them being able to, they're doing their, like, uh, their 12 packs that they've been doing or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I can discover breweries from Quebec. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I never knew unless I look on the AMBQ website or I t or Google like Quebec breweries. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then even then, they're not all on those websites. Mm -hmm. So yep. it's, yep. Uh, you just, you have to catch it. And, it. Being in stores, I think, is drastically going to help that, oh, yeah. you know, if I'd only ever stuck to Verdun and I only knew about Catarogène, I finally see you guys and, mm -hmm. oh, they're in Point St. Charles as well. Yeah, yeah. And then just Google and, oh, it's only like a 20-minute walk away. That's like, it. That's it. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I go to the other way and go to Silgrises and yeah. Pabruski. And yeah. so it's... Yeah. it's yeah. So the, the flip side of that, though, is that people will get a, a can in a convenience store, taste it, and be like, wow, this is so good. I want to come drink it at the pub. Yeah. They come two weeks later at the pub. It's gone. over. Oh, it's yeah. gone. Try something else. The beer stores are crazy about that because it's always new stuff. So, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay, we're gonna mm -hmm. buy. We're gonna try this. We're gonna yeah. take a little cases of that, yeah. and it's always it's, it comes back again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so That's it's it. really fun. I, okay. Yeah. Even your food menu, like I saw the pizzas, but on, on the website it doesn't say anything about pogos, and I saw pogos were available today. So clearly your menu is constantly changing as well. It's just mm -hmm. you guys are just keep changing with the times and come on down and try something new. That's so, it, exactly. That's a great yeah. attitude to have. You can be surprised, but the mood, the mood will be the same and the beer will be good. So yeah. <laughs> that's <we> can guarantee. <laughs> uh, so. Somebody comes here, tries a bunch of your beers, buys a few on the way home. Hey, there's friends in the area. I already mentioned Catalogine, but other friends or, or local pubs that are in a reasonable, let's say, walking distance, or thankfully you're pretty close to a metro when you think about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, three, four friends that you're like, I'm glad you drank here, but go drink here. Okay. Mm -hmm. you give it well, a shot. Well, <laughs> in the area, uh, yeah. really, you have a little uh, brew at the Mesorem, like mm -hmm. uh, if you like IPAs. But if not, uh, I'd get out of the area and go uh, just downtown at the Cheval Blanc, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, if you uh, still want to drink, well, you're going down to uh, Oshlaga to, um, to Mito Hill. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that's a good mm -hmm. little tragic right there. Yeah. Pretty fun. And uh, now there's a new uh, usine uh, for l'espace public uh, when you go farther in Oshlaga. Yeah. Really nice uh, place to go try out uh, different mm -hmm. beers than at the pub. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. L'espace public, yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. well, the first two that you named we did collaborations with, so Cheval Blanc. For us oh, it's yeah. important because our heart is there. That's yeah. where we met, that's yeah. where we le I learned about beer uh, and, and, and doing this work. Um, yeah. But uh, we collaborated with them before we opened, and so it was, and it was the 30-year um, anniversary of the brew pub, mm -hmm. of the Cheval Blanc brew pub, yeah. uh, that, that has existed, the bar yeah. itself yeah. has existed since the beginning of mm -hmm. the 20th, 20th century, but the, it was the first artisan 
brewing permit in Quebec. Yeah. Um, and they had been open 30 years. So it was our 30 year anniversary. We were zero. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, uh, and we did a, a collab that was symbolic because it was, um, it was a transmission of, of uh, knowledge and motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so yeah, so it's definitely yeah. for us an inspiration too in terms like of a neighborhood tavern. It's mm. downtown, but it's got such a strong spirit. That's a good stop to go to. And if you want to go crazy and try some of the best beers in Quebec, you can go at Point Carré in Chinatown. Okay. Very nice place and I always have the, the best quality beers. I don't know how they do to get them, but they have them. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very fun. That's first time I've heard of that, so yeah. I'm going to have to All check have them to out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's nice food too, very nice. Mm -hmm. And there's good breweries all over Montreal, but I would really, for me, take a, I encourage people to take a trip outside of Montreal too and go yeah. see the breweries that are... Yeah. The, what you said about uh, neighborhoods needing pubs is true about villages uh, oh, yeah. and, and there, yeah. there are pubs now open, uh, opening up in villages all across Quebec, which has really changed. Um, so one of the places that I, yeah. I really like that brews great beer, it's hard to find in Montreal, they keep their beer mostly in their region. It's on the mm -hmm. north, uh, north Côte Nord, so mm -hmm. I don't know if you say that in English, North right. Coast. So is it above Laval? North Shore. No, Côte Nord Côte is all the way, is, is more east. It's okay. like north, so it's around, uh, it's past Charlevoix. Oh, boy. So yeah. we're talking about a brewery in Bécomo called Saint Pancras. Okay. It's great, great, great beer. That's developed very fast and that does a lot in their region also yeah. to promote beer with the brewery in Tadoussac as well. I think they've done good uh, good work together to promote, uh, or to develop beer and, and, and work in their communities to build uh, something around that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's for me. That's one of my yeah. coup de cœur, and it's also a region that's so, 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 so beautiful. I have to go oh, every yeah. year to see the whales and uh, oh, see, yeah. and it's a very wild and beautiful region. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand how large Quebec and Ontario are as provinces, because mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. you know, like the the, mar uh, the, the prairies are just like squares, <laughs> rectangles, <laughs> yeah. and, and then you you have the islands of, of the Maritimes. So, I mean. It's, include Labrador and Nova Scotia, that's one thing, but mm -hmm. Quebec and Ontario are gigantic provinces, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. beer everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's yeah. true. <laughs> well, not exactly everywhere, because we're all around the yeah. river. Yeah. <laughs> the north is, is like huge, and uh, no, but not many pubs there, but yes, absolutely, all along the river, mm -hmm. you can find pubs everywhere. I really like uh, Sutton Brewery, mm -hmm. uh, very nice place, and you go farty got Danam, yeah. one of our good friends too, uh, Eloi. And uh, well, we have to talk. If you go to Gaspésie, you have to go at Oval. Yeah, it's yeah. not a proof pub, but you have to get some beers there. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you, it's not overrated. No, and it's no. real. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's nice. uh, you know, I had somebody who lives in Montreal and he was out there and he takes a picture after. I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell me you were going to Oval? Yeah. I would have uh, transferred <laughs> you money, yeah. and you could have bought me beer. I wouldn't have cared what. It's Oval. Yeah, I've it only had good. one, and it was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, maybe it's worth mentioning too that we're, we've been working, uh, Stefan, especially on a project of uh, creating a network of uh, brewing co-ops because mm -hmm. there are a few, mm -hmm. uh, oh, yes. a, a few co-ops in, in Quebec um, that brew. So we could try to name them all. Um, are you? Can you give yep. me a shout? Uh, Saint Fu. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. À la Fu. Uh, Saint Fu. Oh, Saint Fu. Barberie. Barberie. In Quebec City. Uh, yeah. After that, you've got. Um, Chasse-Pint, that's what I'm looking for. Chasse-Pint, you got uh, recently uh, Les Grands Bois has joined the table. Mm -hmm. oh. 
and uh, Mabaras, he has joined the table as well. Yeah. But we're not very active right now, but uh, it should be in mm -hmm. due time. Mm -hmm. So it's getting interesting with these yeah. two uh, new players. And there's a new microbrewery opening in the Shop Angus called La Shop. Okay. That will be very interesting too. Uh, mainly they'll be doing English beer styles. But uh, more than that, yeah. Yeah, but that's what they told me uh, recently. So yeah, that's another one. So every month or maybe sometimes two months we get together and we talk about what kind of co collaboration we could do. And, uh, and last summer we did uh, just a, like a pub takeover, a tap takeover yeah. with all these uh, co-ops and mm -hmm. very nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's that fun. is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I like the idea. You know, I've always said each kind of exit along the 20 or the 40 mm -hmm. You know, take the exit. You're in a little town. There needs to be a, a brewery mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. I think La Barberie for me, it's a place I I, I used to go a long time. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it's been open for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. And Almost a, as old as the Cheval Blanc. Yeah, yeah. and they they have um, really developed the co-op model, and they've been very firm around mm -hmm. this idea of the of the workers' co-op. And uh, I think it's worth visiting. They have a great terrace, great beer, mm -hmm. and it's also a real community space. Um, yeah. So I would definitely. You have to stop in Quebec, you know, you've driven yeah, for two yeah. and a half hours, yeah. take a little break there. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a drive to the gas basic. There's good stops on the way, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then even then, you know, uh, so this is what I'm, I'd like to ask is uh, when you actually have time to take a vacation, mm -hmm. uh, but it's beer focused, it doesn't have to be Quebec, it could be the Maritimes, mm -hmm. uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. What's a beercation, or even Europe, what's a beercation you'd love to take that you've never taken? Well, no, it's, it's a bit too easy to say Germany, but I would have to do it. I have to do it in the, the next few years when things uh, calm down. Yeah, would be like that. But um, I have to tell you, I don't know much about the brewing industry uh, in Ontario, so yes. it's just beside. But yeah. I don't. I have to uh, get more involved in that and uh, maybe uh, get collaborations going. That would be interesting with, with our neighbors. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I wonder, but it's a, more of a question. Do you think there's a a lot of breweries in New Zealand, Australia. There is. Yeah? Yeah. Because I would like that, because yeah. they have good hops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good fresh hops. Sure. There's and, a brewery uh, in sure. New Zealand. I want to try it because just their, I'm sold on their can art. It's all, uh, you know, like Godzilla's a kaiju type monster. Okay. And it's all little kaijus, but they're super cartoony and friendly. Mm. And I'm like, that's the only reason I want to try your beer. It's <laughs> because the, the art looks amazing. So. I'm thinking about that. Uh, maybe there's some great co-ops too in Ontario uh -huh. that we yeah. could collaborate with. That would yeah. be a good direction. Huh? Uh -huh. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so you mentioned collabs you've done. Uh, any dream collabs that you'd love to do? Again, we talked about it recently, uh, do something with, uh, I don't know if it'd be interesting, but uh, with uh, L'Espace Public, uh, okay. it'd be fun. We had a lot of uh, same values with them, and, uh, and they kind of really focused on uh, pub, uh, quartier, pub de quartier, but uh, as well, they're expanding and they sell a lot of beers all over town. It's really uh, getting, uh, getting better every year, so mm -hmm. it would be fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can I add a dream? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> so a personal dream would be to yeah. brew with L'Abri de la Tempête. Okay, yeah. Little uh, Madeleine, which is a great team, very, uh, really, uh, I've met the brewer there mm -hmm. once, uh, who's really like an, an incredible person. Well, met, I've basically mm -hmm. seen her at Cheval Blanc. Yeah, yeah, a few <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. A few times. <laughs> and so that was, I was very impressed. We also try, we, because we're looking uh, for 
people like us in the industry that to mm -hmm. that are not so like white male focused and it is an industry where that is I mean the dominant type. Yep. What do you want? <laughs> um, and we would love to build bridges uh, with uh, women or people who don't identify as men and um, in the industry and try to build these links. And uh, mm -hmm. so that would be for me like a maybe they'll write when they see this. Yeah, yeah. we're looking for yeah. you. Yeah, we're looking for you. <laughs> I mean, if I could suggest anybody, and she were to come down from uh, from the Waterloo region of Ontario, uh, Ren Navarro. She okay. knows beer diversity. Okay. Uh, you know. Uh, a, a black woman who's part of beer. Yep. Uh, a black lesbian woman who's part of beer. So even then, well, it's okay. like. That is somebody that you mentioned, like, this is the type of person we want in our community. Is somebody who's just not me. All right. <laughs> so. awesome. Cool. Cool. Well, we have like to give you. us a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's this last beer I'm having here? Ooh, that's uh, the version, uh, another barreled one. Okay. It's a version uh, we made uh, white uh, wheat beer mm -hmm. with uh, oh, cranberries and yeah. oranges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get all the cranberry on the noses. Mm -hmm. And uh, once we age them in uh, oak barrels, then uh, all the you know the white uh, yeast beer that you, you get at the first, it's completely disappeared, mm -hmm. and you have a little uh, heat from the bourbon and a little uh, final, uh, little uh, vanilla final. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Finish. Toast. Cheers. We don't have yeah. any. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like you said earlier, uh, it was quite surprising. We, 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 us too, we would never have thought of throwing in a, a, white a beer cranberry beer. white yeah. In, yeah. in a bourbon barrel. Ooh. But I guess oh, wow. they, yeah. Wow. Big the surprise for us. People yeah, in the brewery well, were, were like, yeah, why not? Let's do yeah. it. Let's try it. And it it's uh, not like the bourbon is, is overpowering either. No, no. You know, no. There's, I, I do find when it's stout as aged in a bourbon barrel, you're getting bourbon. That's, yeah. It's just like that right hint of the... Yeah. the Bourbon with the vanilla. I'm not sure wow. how long, but it's like six to eight weeks yeah. or something like that. Not more than that. Yeah. Yeah. With the bread that. that was in the barrel. So yeah, that's it's still alive. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. 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 yeah, those barrels are, we got them a, a couple years ago now. And it was like, oh, let's try the first batches. You, you have to work the barrels so they develop their, mm -hmm. their bread. And, um, and we weren't really sure. And now we try to. Almost systematically throw in another a little 200 liters in there. Yeah. Big surprise! And we have surprises wow. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. What? I mean, the art and science of beer mm -hmm. blows my mind. Mm -hmm. How? Yeah. What can be done? And mm -hmm. you know, endless. What was a New England IPA 10 years ago, except for a beer that came out of Vermont? Yeah. Now yeah. everybody's making one. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. oh, sours, gozas, what salty sour? Who does that? Well, yeah. Germany does it. No. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, we were lucky enough to interview La Pataquere before it shut down. Oh, yeah? We're like, no, we're going classic Belgian styles, and that's mm -hmm. Quebec's foundation originally. Well, yeah. Yeah, beer yeah, yeah. is Belgian beer, so yeah. it's nice to. I love I love crazy wild beer, but I also love classic beers. It's yeah. my my palate just wants to try everything. Uh -huh. so. yeah. Maybe I can name one that we tried. Uh, we we brewed twice. We did two brews here since we opened with uh, only women from the brewery oh, yeah. and, 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 and women that we invited. Um, and the second one we did uh, was called the Vin Vin, so Vin like wine, yeah. 20 wine, Vin yeah. Vin. Yeah. Um, and we brewed it uh, in the fall at the Vendange, uh, the mm -hmm. harvest, like the mm -hmm. grape harvest yeah. season. Um, we had met someone in, uh, who, who, had, uh, who grew grapes and who did wine at home, and uh, we asked him to send a bit of uh, Frontenac, white grapes. Yep. So we did a saison brette uh, with quite, quite a big quantity of rice uh, to lighten it up, to make mm -hmm. it, um, um, what's the word in English? Um, anyway, to have like a more of a velouté. 
uh, oh. sort of texture okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. less less grain. Silky. Silky, that's <laughs> it. It's a, that silky touch. Yeah. Uh, and we threw in a big quantity of grapes that we had um, mashed. sort of mashed, yeah, yeah with the, that we kept the... Oh, yeah. um, the feet, skin. Uh, the skin. Oh, yeah. That's it. So we threw in the grapes with their skin yeah. uh, and and let it age, and it Whoa. it was like really special. Mm -hmm. And we aged that in uh, a few like a whole year in uh, in one of our barrels. Mm -hmm. So one year later, at, we it, it came out at the beginning of 2020, and we had 200 liters in there for one year. And the yeah. year after, we tasted that, and that was Whoa. crazy. It really had this wine. And the bread, uh, the, this wine taste, the bread came out. So we're thinking of doing something similar. And I think it was one example also of trying to work with um, the seasons mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. incorporate uh, ingredients that come out and create traditions around, like wine, eh? around beer and link it back to uh, where things grow. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean for those who know the history of beer, you know, women were the first brewers, mm -hmm. you know, the, the alewives coming out of uh, Europe and stuff like that, and, yep. and even back in Mesopotamia and Egypt, it was the women were brewing. So, mm -hmm. and women naturally have better palates than men. It's, it's the thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. that's the thing, you know, the, it's just such a male focused industry, mm -hmm. but it's it's nice that at least some people are trying to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and there, there are women it. out yeah. there in the industry. Oh, yeah. We were yeah. trying to meet them and, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and create links, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to change everybody's mind. You're always going to have a BMC drinker, no matter what you are in, you know, a working class neighborhood, as, as am I. Uh, despite the gentrification, there's still working class, lower paid people who live in the area who are, and you said, keeping your beer at, at under $7 makes it affordable for somebody like that to come here and, and drink yep. a beer <laughs> who can support the neighborhood pub. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's the idea. Yeah. And we try not to have, also, I think that's one thing, not to have too much of a, I don't want to say nerdy, because it's not nice, but uh, <laughs> not like, to have too much of a, a vibe where you have to know beer to come no. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, with yeah. simple, we create, we do classics, we do whatever, um, mm -hmm. you know. So I usually ask the clients, quel saveur, you know, what, what taste do you <laughs> want, <laughs> instead of what type. And, um, yeah, so it's also, I think it's part of that to, to break also a bit of a culture in the brewing industry to make it more accessible, more yeah, normal too, to drink serious, and brew. You know? yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, less pretentious, and that's part yeah, of that's making it di diversifying the people who drink beer, at, um, craft beer, and who feel empowered to talk about it, try it, mm -hmm. brew it. Uh, I think that's part of the idea. So, not just women, you know, like yeah. anyone, who, whatever, mm -hmm. however you identify or feel, it's something that you can yeah. try to do. And uh, yeah. yeah. Beer's for every, you know, beer, unless you don't like beer, beer's for everyone, so uh, why not? It's, you know, yeah. we gotta, we, we need to get out of our little box that we put ourselves in. And, mm -hmm. No, beer's for dudes, no, no, no. it's not for no, dudes no, anymore, that's it. So. No, yeah. no, so many different flavors, it's yeah. for everybody, and mm -hmm. it's not true that you don't like beer, you just, mm -hmm. you just yeah. when some people don't like beer, they just don't like a, a classic uh, lager mm -hmm. kind of beer, mm -hmm. just that beer taste, but... After that, there's mm -hmm. tons of styles. Yeah, exactly. and it's, I mean, it's part of popular culture. Yeah. It's part of working class culture, peasant culture. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's it's something that's, uh, yeah, that's for mm -hmm. close to, to the ground. So, yeah, and and like I said, you guys are more than welcome to coming in and seeing a bunch of kids. And I'm like, wait a second, this is not, <laughs> you know, it's weird to see kids in a in a pub that's uh -huh. not downtown. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's uh, it's quite the change, but you're super community focused, which is oh, the important part. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. 
Uh, so for Santa Vern as a brand, what's what's next? Like expansion, getting more stores, any anything. Well, uh, main thing I guess is uh, keeping what we're doing, uh, keeping it going, <laughs> and uh, getting known more across Quebec. And uh, we we're talking about it uh, earlier on. Maybe uh, go a little more, uh, see our neighbors on Ontario, and maybe you never know. Maybe go to Vermont uh, yeah. in the next mm -hmm. couple of years. Yeah. But uh, main thing is uh, to keep uh, the community alive and uh, have more people coming in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We've always, we've never really had. Uh, I think people usually think, oh, if you're doing good, you should expand, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. sort of part of capitalist culture too, that's like mm -hmm. how it goes, you know, if you're doing good, why not expand, why not make more money? We even had a client once who came in who loved one of our beers so much, he was like, why don't you get a factory and make 40,000 liters of batch, you know, and, and he was like pissed off that we didn't, you know, he thought it was unjust, <laughs> but we don't want to really want to expand for now anyway, and it feels like, yeah, as you yeah. said, we just want to do what we do well mm -hmm. and have good working conditions too mm -hmm. and be less tired because we work really hard um, <laughs> yeah. uh, refine the machine fine-tune the machine so that things really roll mm -hmm. smoothly and uh, make those little dreams that we the things we still want to mm -hmm. do uh, happen and uh, meet more people mm -hmm. voilà. awesome mm -hmm. so yeah thank you very very much for uh, speaking with us today uh, about your co-op and everything that's involved with it mm -hmm. uh, the history of the building both of you taking time out of your schedule, clearly you're both very busy people, uh, to actually speak with us about Saint Tavern. Um, I have no other questions. Let people know where they can find you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Well, you can find us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Saint Tavern. Just uh, hit that up and you'll find us. And uh, also at saintavern.coop on the website. Mm -hmm. And for people who are looking you online, what's the address if they're traveling oh. here? Right, we're all the way south of the Pointe Saint Charles neighborhood. It's at 1900 Rue Lebert. Um, it's a 15, 20 minute walk from the metro. It's very accessible by bike. Uh, if you manage to find your way out here, you'll get one of the nicest uh, sunsets in the city. Yep. And we're just at the foot of the city next to the river. So, yeah. Buses uh, 57, 71, it gets you right at the door. So. Yeah. Thanks and if you're into trains, train yard just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so all that will be in the show notes. As for us, it's allbeerinside.com is the website. Add All Beer Inside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>